This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back here for another exciting edition of the podcast as we look back at Week 10, uh, minus the Monday Night Football game uh, between the Vikings and the Bears. Uh, but, Dylan, uh, we had some games on Sunday. As we said, we thought there could be some pretty interesting matchups, and sure enough, uh, we got that. Some of these, some were prettier than others. Uh, looking at you, Browns and Texans and um, Ravens, Patriots maybe with the weather, but um, still some, some pretty good games uh, this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we really nailed our games of the week this time. I know we've we've had some duds like the Saints-Bucks games, uh, just going back to week nine, but uh, between, yeah, we'll get to Seahawks-Rams pretty quickly. Uh, maybe that one wasn't as flashy, but still – uh, one score game by the end of it, and then yeah, really nailed the Bills Cardinals one. That couldn't have been a more exciting last uh, couple minutes there. Yeah, that was uh, insane. But we did make those to our games of the week, and we will start with the Seahawks and the Rams. Uh, it was the Rams getting the win, 23-16. I picked the Seahawks, didn't work out too well. Uh, Rams get the victory, and uh, yeah, like you said, it wasn't maybe as flashy of a game as we expected, but the reason why is exactly what you talked about in our preview, and that was the Rams defense and what they may be able to do in this game. Mm -hmm. Two interceptions for Russell Wilson, uh, a very non-Russell Wilson-like game. Uh, And meanwhile, Jared Goff, uh, 302 yards, uh, no interceptions. That's always a good thing. He did Mm -hmm. lose a fumble. But uh, still, it's uh, certainly a nice win for the Rams here as now both teams sit at 6-3. and Yeah, very different teams uh, in terms of uh, the way we think about stylistically. Obviously, the Rams at the beginning of the Sean McVay era had such a – flashy offense they still can do some things well uh with the football but definitely the strength of their team is that defense which now outside of the the bills game i don't think they've given up uh more than a field goal in a second half which is a a espn la had the stat out which is just ridiculous uh on top of that though just overall uh, possession to possession some of the things they're able to do in terms of limiting what Seattle wanted to do. Obviously, it comes down to guys like Jalen Ramsey and the star players. You see Aaron Donald doesn't have a lot of plays on the stat sheet, but that's because he's getting double and triple teamed almost routinely. But everyone else stepping up. If these guys can stay healthy, like Terrell Lewis, uh, a rookie linebacker who's really stepped up where they needed him. Obviously, Darius Williams is the guy that draws the most notoriety for having two picks, but also just uh, you know really filling in really well in the back end. They just have a lot more depth on defense than even in the middle of the defense. I thought the defensive line – 
outside of Aaron Donald wouldn't be as good. Leonard Floyd continues to put up decent numbers, obviously being put in good situations. But nonetheless, that's a strength for the Rams. The offense, like you mentioned, the Goff thing, he only I think he had one pass that maybe could have been picked off and maybe one uh, deep uh, pass or he was a little bit too far on to Tyler Higby. But otherwise, he played pretty well and pretty efficiently. Um, still would have liked to put up some more points against the Seattle defense, which we've talked about is not not their strength. Uh, but anytime you hold an offense as explosive as Seattle's at 16 points, uh, you're going to be happy about it. And a huge divisional win for them. It really, in terms of their uh, odds, playoff odds, um, at pro, or football outsiders, in terms of their division odds, it it threw them right back into the mix. Obviously, Arizona uh, winning, it would have been a little bit better if they hadn't. But nonetheless, the Rams in Arizona, right on the Seahawks' uh, tail now for the division odds. It's all it's all of them up there at six and three. I was going to say, speaking of another team at six and three, the Cardinals uh, thirty-two, <laughs> the Bills thirty, easily the craziest finish of the season thus far, yeah. uh, without question. DeAndre Hopkins on the hail mary attempt from Kyler Murray somehow comes up with it with three Bills defenders around him. And sure enough, Dylan, we nailed that one too. Uh, we said this Bills defense uh, just not what we thought it would be. I don't think we expected it to yeah. this extent on a play like that, but uh, we we kind of nailed that one because we said you know I I picked the Cardinals in this one, you picked the Bills, but we thought this would be a tight game and. Sure enough, uh, it was, as they've done at other points this season, Mm -hmm. it was the Bills' defense sort of letting him down here in a big moment. And, you know, it was once again, I think for the Cardinals, it was Kyler Murray proving that this team is just going to be hard to deal with uh, with them moving forward. I know, again, it's one of those plays that nine times out of ten probably doesn't happen. But still, Mm -hmm. uh, this is one where, my goodness, like this is – people kept saying, maybe this is like a Super Bowl preview. I would take Cardinals, Bills, and the Super Bowl every day of the week at this point if they're going to play games like that. (laughs) That would be amazing, yeah. The quarterback blitz, Josh Allen still had a pretty good game overall, although I will say there's something about the Bills in the third quarter where they just forget who they are. It seems like throughout the season in the third quarter they've been just – absolutely awful and that's where Arizona obviously made their comeback in this one still forced a couple turnovers I mean Arizona probably should even though they were down by 14 in the first half this is a game where their defense really responded obviously only giving up seven points there in the second half and it came in the last uh, minute there but otherwise I mean Arizona probably should have been closer early on and probably should have won this game by more than just uh, needing a Hail Mary uh, still one of the big struggles for them is having to settle for field goals they have moved the ball really really well against a lot of teams and uh, that's been kind of the one Achilles heel in some of these losses where they end up just having their drives end on, uh, not even just with like, you know, putting themselves behind the sticks, but they're getting like second, third, and one uh, decent situations to, to convert on, and they're just not doing it consistently. So they clean that up. Yeah, they're just as dangerous as anyone. If the def- I mean, the Bills have a great offense, so you, I'm not going to be too hard on the Arizona's defense for giving up 30 to them, but they've been, you know, much better than I thought they would be. So, man, yeah, both two teams uh, at this point, it looks like they'll both be in the playoff hunt. Obviously the Bills, though, man, uh, we, we talked about them as it was their division to, to, to win, and look at the Miami Dolphins only a half game back. The Dolphins, they're coming. We'll get to them later, but uh, I'm telling you, the Dolphins are there. They're, they're going to be in the, the mix. I just, I just I can feel it. So we'll see you know, with that. But yeah, it's a great game, Cardinals and Bills. All right, betting locks of the week. Cha-ching, cash it again. Uh, what is it, 8-2 eight, eight and two now for me on the season. Uh, the Saints, it didn't, now listen, it didn't look great for a while there, I'll admit. Uh, I thought I was starting to think, like, oh, no, after that first quarter and then, 
you know, the second quarter early, a little bit of a slog there, and I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. But uh, the Saints somehow find a way to cover that 9.5-point spread uh, against the 49ers, and uh, I think it's one that, you know, 27-13 win, uh, certainly a nice win for the Saints. Unfortunately, now they're dealing with the Drew Brees situation where um, he is injured and don't exactly know how long he could be out. That means it is Jameis Winston time, and uh, for a Michael Thomas fantasy owner like myself uh, who drafted him (laughs) with a very, very high pick and seeing that his numbers already aren't great, now knowing that Jameis is going to be there, I have a feeling Michael Thomas is going to get targeted 15 times a game. That's the hope. Uh, But still, this is I mean, it's significant, obviously, for the Saints here as they try to move forward. I I guess the best thing at this point is that they are 7-2, but uh, obviously not an injury you want uh, after another win here. No, yeah, it sounds like he'll be back, you know, in time for the playoffs, obviously still with, uh, you know, they still got seven games left on the schedule. So we'll see if it goes, you know, with the IR, it only has to be three weeks, but it might, sounds like it might be a little bit more than that. So how they navigate through there will tell the story in terms of, obviously they have the, the tie break over Tampa Bay beating them twice, but, uh, also, just getting the one seed is such an important thing because, yeah, you can't just sit in the two spot and get a buy anymore. You have to play that uh, seven seed, that last wild card. So that is where that comes into play. In terms of this game, kind of a weird one in terms of the final score. I'm glad that even though this was your official betting lock of the week, I'm glad I said I'm also going to take that and try to do two because mine, as we'll get to really quickly, was awful. But <laughs> this game did not look like – like if you if you told you know Kyle Shanahan that the Saints are going to throw for 123 yards, he'd probably feel pretty good about his chances – uh, it wasn't. This was not the flashy game that we saw a year ago between these two teams. Obviously, San Francisco got the early lead, but after that, turning the ball over four times, that was pretty much the key because New Orleans was not fantastic moving the ball themselves, did not really do a whole lot there. Um, able, obviously, to get that uh, last touchdown to kind of uh, stretch it out. But for a large part of that second half, when Breeze wasn't in there, you're like, San Francisco has an opening. They just couldn't take advantage of it. And just kind of where San Francisco is at this year, unfortunately, you know, as much as I wanted to believe they'd have the depth, to withstand injuries and uh, the injuries they've had at key positions are just ridiculous. And regardless, they've had a, a little bit of natural regression, like we maybe talked about. So uh, I, I wish I kept my initial division pick for Seattle because yeah, San Francisco at this point schedule still pretty tough, man. At four and six too, with all these teams that uh, keep racking up wins in the NFC, uh, even with the extra wild card spot, it's going to be a tough journey back for the Niners. We'll see how they bounce back. They have a bye week coming up, then they get the Rams right after that. That's going to be a huge game for them. All right, let's talk about your pick here. Let's just go ahead and get through it here. No, uh, Packers, not, not pa- <laughs> Packers twenty four, Jags twenty. The one and eight Jacksonville Jaguars, um, pretty much. Oh, I mean, had their chances here. They. You know, until that, that touchdown uh, late with about nine minutes left in the fourth, the Jags led uh, going into that point. Uh, but, man, pretty pretty sloppy performance here from the Packers. Didn't exactly hit that 13-and-a-half. Uh, uh, Dylan went back to the, the double-digit almost two-touchdown spread, and it didn't work. Uh, I don't know. we got to stay away from those because I took it with the Bills and the Jets and Packers-Jags felt like a pretty similar matchup to me. But, um, yeah, just just doesn't work out sometimes with those huge spreads. But, I mean, if you're the Packers, you're 7-2. and two, Talked about the race for that number one seed uh, in the, the NFC. I mean, they, they would certainly at this point seem like they're in a pretty decent shape uh-huh. with, with the Saints and the Breeze situation and all that. But, uh, yeah, just probably one of those games that the Packers sort of want to forget uh, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation now in the NFC in terms of how many teams do we trust week to week. The Packers win this game, 
But it's just like, you know, with Tampa Bay, they'll have games where they're great one week and then the next week they'll have a just a complete dud. And the Packers, even though they win this one, I mean, you can't – I wouldn't say it's the most encouraging performance. They are still set up probably to be the one seed because of that Breeze injury and because all six, all three, six and three NFC West teams still have to play each other quite a few times. So you think they're going to rack up some losses just naturally there. So the Packers have that opening. Um, they just have to, you know, find that gear consistently on offense. And the thing is, you know, the defense obviously in this game does not give up that many points. Only 13. You, if you take out the, uh, the punt return touchdown, that was a obviously a huge moment for Jacksonville. But overall, this defense is not a, a unit that I'm really going to trust week to week. And that's what's scary to me because this Packer offense, if they they need to be, it's almost it's similar to Seattle, right, where we talk about how they need to be so efficient on offense to make up for what's happening on the other side of the football. And when they don't do it against a team like Jacksonville, I mean, they still put up a lot of yards, obviously could have maybe had some more points if they finished some drives and don't turn it over a couple times, but still not the most encouraging thing. Um, so we'll see how it goes moving forward. I, I just don't know. Yeah. In terms of uh, right now, I mean, this gives you a good idea. They're the underdogs against the Colts next week. Obviously the Colts had a big win, um, but nonetheless, like, man, I, it, the fact that they're an underdog, against a, a team like Indianapolis at this point. I mean, that just show uh, for and have a better record, obviously, in Green Bay. It's just there's not a ton of confidence after what they just did against Jacksonville. Uh, well, hopefully they bounce back. They got an easy stretch of schedule, so they got that going for them. Uh, it's just a matter of when they get to the postseason, are they ready to go? Well, if you're looking for encouragement, you're not going to find that here if you're an Eagles fan um, because our upset of the week, we decided to double up, and sure enough, uh, we nailed it because – the Eagles were three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Giants. The Giants win this game by double digits here, 27-17 against the Eagles. Your updated standings in the NFC East. The Eagles still lead this division at 3-5-1. and one. Yeah. The Giants are 3-7. and seven. Washington is 2-7, and seven, and the Cowboys are 2-7. and seven. So this race is still completely wide open in the yeah. NFC East. Yeah. Um, so again, the Eagles still lead because they are only 3-5-1, and one, whereas the Giants have already lost seven games. So... Oh, man, I don't even know what you say uh, about this division anymore. We said it. I mean, we, <laughs> we've, we've said it all along. Like I, I said before the season started, I just was not buying the Eagles team. Of course, the injuries have not helped, and we have to note that. Like, that's been a, a yeah. cer- certainly a significant part of it. But this team's just not very good. And the Giants still aren't very good, but at least I think you're seeing some yeah. things that they're doing well. <laughs> um, the Eagles, I just I don't see a lot of things that they're doing well right now. Oh, boy, I, Eagles fans have to be pretty frustrated. Yeah, it's frustrating in a couple – I mean, obviously, the fact that you feel like you have this opening in this really bad division. You feel like, if you're an Eagles fan going in this year, that they'd at least be competing with Dallas. Now Dallas has completely fallen off. And yet here you are, and it's not even because of the, the reasons I thought. The defense has been not, like, completely terrible. It's still not that good against the pass, but 10th against the run in DVOA. But they're one of the worst offenses in the NFL, full stop, throwing the football especially. But they've not run the ball particularly well. So it's a it's a mess. Um this game, in terms of just uh, football outsiders' playoff odds, the, the change in their percentage of making the playoffs huge for both teams. The Giants go up by 13.2% to make the postseason. Obviously, that means basically just winning the division. They don't even have wild card odds. It's 0.0 for all four of these teams. You, it's only one team that's going to somehow host a playoff game. I hope you get the fifth seed if you don't win your division because you're probably going to win that game. And the Eagles go down, yeah, negative 15.9%. It was just such a – this game, I mean, the Eagles still are favored in terms of their – uh, in terms of their projections to win the division with the mean wins of 6.2, which is just hilarious. But nonetheless, they still are the, the favorite to win it. 
but this is a game where they really could have spaced it out. They really could have made it clear that, you know, maybe we're not good, but we're still the best team in this division. Instead, the Giants, as we as you talked about, that's why we felt pretty good about it. They've been playing a lot better. Yes, all three of their wins are in this division. Um, so we'll see how they play the rest of the season against uh, tougher competition. But they've played pretty well against some of the uh, tougher opponents they've faced. I would feel pretty good about, if you're a Giants fan, you know, where you're at you're three, in terms of uh, winning your division now, in terms of whether that really translates to, to anything in this season or beyond, I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, hey, Danny Dimes, if he can't throw, at least he can run, and he keeps running all over Philadelphia, that's for sure. Oh, let's let's just let's quickly go from <laughs> from bad to good here. Let's talk about Embiid uh, because that's good. And uh, 2020 <laughs> has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed, the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. And there are no long-term contracts. No long-term contracts. How about that? And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job. So, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month. And uh, so it's clear that Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need, and that's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere, so go right now. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into the Thursday night game quickly, the Colts and the Titans. Uh, boy, that's what I get for picking the Titans. As soon as I start believing in them, <laughs> things go south. And uh, what, what do we say? I mean, this this defense isn't what it was last year. Special teams was bad, um, and the Colts took advantage of it. 34-17, Colts dominated this game in the second half, outscored the Titans 21 to nothing. Boy, bad loss for the Titans, who continue to be very inconsistent. I think for the Colts, uh, this is a, it's a really nice win because now both teams are sitting 6-3. Yeah, a huge win for the Colts and a huge win for uh, Naheem Hines, fantasy owners, uh, as a Jonathan Taylor owner in one of my leagues. I'm oh, not sure if boy. I'm going to continue to start him. It's it's just not trending in the right direction. But, yeah, in terms of the Colts, I mean, as far, I mean this game could have quickly gone in the Titans' favor. They had that quick 7-0 lead, and the long drop was A.J. Brown, I believe, that it was. On a, on a deep pass down the left sideline by Tannehill that could have, I mean, he might not have scored, but it looked like he had a de- decent chance to, and that would have made it 14-zip uh, for even for the Titans, a team that, uh, you know, as I keep talking about how really dominant their defense has been, that could have been a little too much with, you know, Tennessee's offense to overcome. Instead, that happens. The game really flips quickly on a just a sequence of, obviously, the block punt, but just a, a bunch of different moments, a shank punt as well. By Tennessee and Indianapolis able to capitalize after that. In terms of uh, just, I was talking about football outsiders, their playoff odds and their uh, percentages for that. I don't think any game had as big of a, a, a meaningful uh, impact. The Tennessee Titans division odds went down by like 25%, I want to say, and Indianapolis jumped up by 14, it looks like. So, I mean, just in terms of how big this game was, not just obviously they're both tied at six and three, but this is mostly, I'm sure, factoring in. 
how strong Indy's defense is and their schedule not necessarily being uh, murderer's row of teams. I'd have to look at both the Titans and theirs. Nonetheless, though, a huge win. They only play again in just two weeks. That's going to be a huge rematch. If the Colts can get that uh, winning both and get that tie break, that could be the difference between who wins this division and who doesn't. Tennessee still should feel pretty good about where they are, though. I wouldn't – you know, it's one loss, and nonetheless, this is this is who you are. You have a really good offense. Your defense is not uh, overly consistent. You have to be able to put up points against better defenses. They haven't really necessarily done that now with uh, their losses coming against, uh, obviously, the Steelers uh, previously this game, uh, and then the Bengals, which that one's a little bit of an outlier. But nonetheless – uh, I, you know, they get the Ravens next week. Uh, the Ravens, obviously, on offense are have their own question marks. But that's, again, these tough defenses, I just don't know how much I trust Tennessee because of what they have on the flip side of the ball. They have to score a lot of points to win. Um, you can't be giving up 34 points to an Indianapolis offense, which is ranking down in the 20s in DVOA and expect to win very often. Well, here is our special 30-second uh, limitation game of the week here in terms of uh, we're giving ourselves 30 seconds to talk about this game. The Browns and the Texans. Browns 10, Texans 7. Touchdown wasn't scored until 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, the you know weather obviously played a role here, but holy cow, this was ugly. This was just, uh, man, this is yeah. your, one of your top five ugly games of the year right here. I guess the biggest positive, uh, if you are a Browns fan, is that Nick Chubb came back and did pretty much whatever he wanted. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. But uh, aside from that, this was, uh, you know, not not your typical offensive uh, juggernaut game you're used to in the Patrick Mahomes era uh, in the NFL. Yeah, like you said before, um, last week's podcast, this is the type of game Cleveland has to win if they're going to make it to the postseason. Even though they're sitting here at 6-3 and three right now, their their playoff odds are below 50%. I just, they're not a team that is ranking really well in terms of efficiency stats. Obviously, you can you won't be surprised by that when you see they've won by three points against Houston. Uh, the biggest shocker of this game is that no one turned the ball over in those conditions. I don't know how the heck that happened with both of these teams. But yeah. nonetheless, uh, yeah, I don't have a ton else to say. This is, <laughs> this is what we know the Houston Texans are at this point. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. He did have some plays that didn't look fantastic from his end. In Cleveland, you're 6-3. and three, you got a great schedule coming up. Man, I don't. It's still not the product that we were hoping for. Going back to you know the hype leading up to the 2019 season and even before this season, our own confidence, offensive line, run blocking, great, everything else, and not, outside of Miles Garrett, uh, yeah, it's not not so sure about it. No, um, not not so sure about it either. So uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, at least at least they won. I guess that's the positive for Browns fans. <laughs> they 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 could have lost a game like that. So uh, six and three for the, for the Browns. All right, these two teams probably not headed towards the playoffs, but uh, this was certainly an interesting game. Uh, Lions 30, Washington 27. Uh, the Lions were in control here, and it looked like the Lions were about to you know, try their, their best Falcons impression uh, or Chargers impression yeah. or whoever, I guess, Lions impression. <laughs> uh, maybe that makes the most sense. But uh, this game wound up being tied at 24 with six minutes left. Uh, but then it was uh, ultimately Matt Prater who hit the 59-yarder. Just this guy, I don't know how many 55-plus-yard mm-hmm. field goals he's hit in his career at this point, yeah. but it's an it's enormous amount. Uh, but he hits the game winner for the Lions. The Lions moved to 4-5. and five. Uh, Obviously, you know, it's still amazing, I think, to watch Alex Smith uh, do his thing, uh, considering yeah. where things were. But, uh, man, they came close. But uh, this was one that uh, Lions get the victory. And, again, Matt Prater uh, celebrating yet again at the end of a game. Yeah, it seemed like kind of a, a throwaway game in terms of the, the quality of the teams if you're just watching, you know, as not a fan of either team. But this game had major implications for Washington and this NFC East race because, right, I mean, all these teams are right there together. So they made that comeback, and I'm like, all right, here they are. But nonetheless, their defense, 
which I've talked pretty highly of, did not play well at all in this game. I mean, uh, obviously getting down by so many points early, Washington's offense, you know, it took a while for them to figure it out. But, hey, still, Alex Smith putting up some of his best numbers. Uh, I forgot the exact tweet, but some of the best numbers of his career <laughs> in this game, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, career highs in yards and uh, and uh, completion. So, Good for him. Hopefully Washington can bounce back and have some better performances on defense because they still got a shot to, to get into the division t- uh, race in Detroit. I mean, I don't really – you're still that same team, though, man. You're still that team that's just kind of in the middle. I don't know where you're going, whether you're winning, losing. Uh, I don't know what the path is in terms of what we're expecting from them. Uh, you know, like they could have won some more games, but they're still not have really good playoff odds. And I don't – there's no, like, clear rebuild, but no clear, like, dominant force. So I don't really know what you're feeling as a Lions fan. I think they'll probably have a new era next season, is my guess. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where they go. Uh, like, I mean, they, they, they could wind up being like 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight and something. I, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. Is that enough for Matt Patricia to keep his job? We'll see. Uh, Bucks, boy, they really turned it on here. Uh, mm-hmm. They they bounced back just sort of. I, I mentioned that. I said I just sort of had a feeling about the Bucks bouncing back after that, you know, performance they had against the Saints. And you just thought a Tom Brady team, certainly they were going to come out on a mission. That's yeah. exactly what they did. Uh, 46-23, they double up the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater injury, um, you know, doesn't seem to be as severe as maybe it looked uh, at the beginning. I was, you mm-hmm. know, just watching that play live, and I was like, oh, boy. This wasn't good, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it looks like he's gonna be okay. But uh, we'll see kind of when he bounces back uh, is able to get back on the field. Uh, Ronald Jones just a monster, almost rushed for 200 yards in this game. Of course, he had the 98 yarder, uh, which uh, mm-hmm. certainly helped out that tally. He goes for <laughs> 23 for 192 and a touchdown. Um, Antonio Brown. Well, maybe I was thinking back. Remember we made our bold predictions to start the season. I, I forgot that I predicted that Antonio Brown was going to play for someone. But AB yeah. seven receptions, 69 yards, led the team in receptions here. Uh, but uh, yeah, big big win for the Panthers. Nice bounce back. Exactly what you want to see probably from this team. Yeah, these games. I mean, for the Bucks, they're kind of frustrating in terms of we know what they're capable of, and then we see the the games like we saw against the Saints last week, and it's just maddening because this team does have so much talent. Defense was incredible; gave up less than 200 yards in this game. Panthers only converted one third down the entire game. And on the flip side, you see what with all the talent Tampa has on offense, even if they're not running the ball insanely efficiently, yes, they end up with all those rushing yards as you mentioned by the end of this game. But if you take that out, I think their average was just over like 3.3 yards per carry. It wasn't anything incredible, but moving the ball in the air, Tom Brady with all these guys, as you mentioned, Antonio Brown, he looked fantastic. Mike Evans had that amazing touchdown. And just overall, you see when all the weapons are out there, if they can just stay healthy on that side of the football, I do worry about this offensive line against better competition, a, like, you know, the, the defensive front they have there in New Orleans. That's where it gets a little concerning on that side, but against teams like the Panthers and against a lot of these teams that are in the playoff conversation and are teams that are going to definitely make the playoffs, I feel like Seattle and the Packers are definitely going to make the playoffs. I feel like I'm not going to be worried about Tampa's offense against those units, and they do have this defense if it shows up. This defense has to continue to show up and not be as inconsistent. Uh, Consistency is the name of the game for all these NFC teams, man, but I think that Right. I mean, the Saints with uh, fully healthy Drew Brees, they're probably still the best team in, in the conference, but the Bucks have, they're right, even though they've got just blown out by them, I do believe if they play to their potential, they can compete with New Orleans for the top, as one of the top teams in this uh, whole conference. Yeah, that's what we want to see from the Bucks. We also want to see what we saw from the Raiders, 37-12, yes. to 12, domination. The Raiders of the Broncos here 
Uh, Drew Locke, four interceptions, not ideal. And certainly, you know, now he's dealing with, with an injury as well. Uh, man, though, this was, uh, this like I said, this is what we want to see from the Raiders because we, we said in the, in the preview, we're like, man, sometimes these are those games that the Raiders, uh, they can lose. But it does feel like they've started to turn a corner uh, when you, you kind of look at them in these types of games. And, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, incredible game. Devontae Booker, like both <laughs> these guys rushed for over 80 yeah. yards. Both of them have two touchdowns. Um, you know, Derek Carr didn't have to do a whole lot. But uh, yeah. still, this was, man, the defense, to, to get that many interceptions. Of course, you had a fumble on the other side, too, I think. Broncos had five turnovers, uh, I think, overall mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, yeah, 37-12, yeah. to 12, just pure domination from the Raiders here. Yeah, it's good for the Raiders' defense to take care of business. I know, you know, they haven't been necessarily fantastic this year, and obviously Denver's offense has been horrible. But still, it's one thing to actually go out there and execute, turn, you know, force all those turnovers, basically just dominate them in every facet of the game. And on the flip side, against a pretty good Denver offense, the fact they're able to – sorry, defense – the Raiders were able to run the ball, as you mentioned, with the two backs and, and Jacobs and Booker, uh, but, it, but it was really the story that just the offensive line just absolutely physically willing themselves on them. So, hey, at 6-3, and three, like you're saying, they're turning a corner. I feel like if they can click on offense, and Derek Carr, even though he doesn't put up huge numbers, I believe he had his highest PFF grade of the whole year just based on some of the decisions he made and the situations he was put into. So, nonetheless, I mean, hey, they, if the defense can just, you know, even against a good competition, if they can just – be a little better. I know it's Denver. I don't want to read too much into what they did uh, yesterday, but uh, I, I, man, I think the Raiders are right there with the Dolphins in terms of two teams uh, out of those six and three AFC teams that are all kind of su- not necessarily surprises, but teams we haven't seen in the playoff picture very often, including the Browns. I think the Dolphins and Raiders are the two I'm the most excited about for sure. I was going to say, think about what year we're in right now. The Dolphins, the Raiders, and the Browns are all six and three right now. Um, wow. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. I know what you say to that. Like, it's, uh, I don't know, changing of the guard maybe yeah. in the AFC. Uh, we'll see. going to be easier said than done. But speaking of the Dolphins, as we said, they are 6-3 mm-hmm. now because they get the win over the Chargers, uh, who fall the 2-7, 29-21. The Dolphins get the win. Tua, I'm telling you, man, it's just like this guy doesn't even yeah. have to put up huge numbers. But there's just something about when he's on the field, this team just looks different, and I don't know what it is, but like it's just it's a different sort of situation. And you think about like even the running back situation, right? Miles Gaskin's been out with an injury. Um, they just released Jordan Howard, but they still have people stepping up. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. Like this team is, we said it like we said it last year, and everybody I think sort of saw it. It's like okay. This team is certainly making strides. It's just how far can they get mm-hmm. in a short amount of time? And I think we're seeing it. Like they are a legitimate playoff threat at this point. Like yeah. they're they're there. Their defense is looking pretty good. Um, Tua just is already in control of the offense. Uh, but man, they just uh, I don't know. There's just something about the Dolphins right now. Yeah, they've driven their playoff odds at Football Outsiders all the way to 65.3 percent. I mean, they're they're in the driver's seat right now to take, keep taking care of business. On special teams, it seems like every week they make a play, obviously, the block punt. And this one, uh, I mean, every week they do a a play that just sets them up on the right path to success. They could have won by even more than eight points in this one. But like you said, Tua doesn't have to do everything. Even when they're, you know, Miles Gaskin goes down and they've had all these different running backs – uh, then Ahmed comes in and looks fantastic with this offensive line. They don't, you know, run insanely efficiently, but they get the job done. They're just good enough in so many different areas. And we kind of saw over the course of last season how much they improved. But their defense, as you said, yeah, that's it's in the top half of the league in terms of its efficiency. Probably going to go up even a little more after this one. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to say too much about the Chargers. Uh, I'm going to keep my <laughs> focus on the Dolphins because I, I, they are worth 
uh, you know, really being excited about uh, if you're a Dolphins fan, but any if you're just a football fan in general. Their first time in 19 years they've started six and three. They have, I mean, Brian Flores, as we've said, is just he's giving those vibes, man, of of you know this a guy that's going to be here for so many years and build this team into just a culturally. They seem like they have that part figured out, and now you're just putting all the pieces together and making it work. It's it's really really fun to watch. I don't know how far they're going to go, but I at this point I I think they're going to you know get in the playoffs at least, and we'll see what happens from there. Well, the Steelers I think will be in the playoffs as well. Um, they're yes. they're nine and zero. They're still undefeated. Uh, the Bengals. Uh, there's a reason, as I said, we talk about fantasy. The reason I picked up Tua uh, in our Clutch Points League, because I knew my man Joe Burrow in this matchup here against the Steelers. I was looking ahead at matchups several weeks ago. I'm like, all right, Tua turns out okay. I need to find some spots I'm going to need to plug him in. And this was one of those because uh, you just felt like the Bengals were going to struggle on offense, and they yeah. kind of did here uh, as expected. 36-10, to 10, uh, another pretty dominant performance from the Steelers. Um, yeah, the, the Steelers just kind of they, they keep trucking along here. I, I guess the, the Bengals, your biggest bright spot is that uh, T. Higgins looking pretty good. Joe Burrow mm-hmm. still. I mean, Joe Burrow didn't look terrible in this game, uh, yeah. but it's just the Steelers are the Steelers, and their offense is clicking, and, uh, man, they just they continue to get on, stay on a roll here. Yeah, just, I mean, we'll see how they do. They haven't necessarily done amazingly against the best teams they've faced. Uh, but overall, still, I mean, you're 9-0. and <laughs> No one's going to be upset about that. Uh, your defense, yeah, looks fantastic again. The Bengals go 0-13 for 13 on third down. That's not going to, even if they move the ball a little bit, their total yards weren't terrible. Uh, you're not going to score many points if you don't convert any third down. Spin Roethlisberger looks solid. They did not, the Steelers didn't run the ball well, but uh, Big Ben looked completely fine. They have a lot of talent now. Now that Deontay Johnson really taking another step, he gets 11 targets. Chase Claypool, obviously, all year we've known he's been really good, gets a couple more touchdowns, 10 targets, 13 targets for Juju. All three of those guys, that's a pretty nice uh, three-headed monster that Pittsburgh has and reason to be excited for them moving forward with that defense being as good as it is. Well, the Steelers are 9-0, but uh, the Baltimore Ravens now have the same record Mm. as the Browns, the Raiders, and the Dolphins. Uh, they're six and three, so uh, that's an interesting development, I think, uh, at this point in the season. Uh, that's because the Patriots get the win, twenty-three to seventeen, which I guess now all of a sudden we're like, uh-oh, like we can't count the Patriots out anymore. Like I know mm-hmm. they're four and five, but it's like, oh, they still got these these AFCs matchups. Like they're just, I don't know. Like the Patriots are hanging yeah. around. They're four and five. Like they're almost back to five hundred. So. This was one of those games I feel like for the Patriots they had to have, right? I mean, they had to win this game, and uh, they did. They they found a way to win it. Uh, we know the weather uh, caught everybody, you know, that caught yeah. the attention. But overall, like, this is just a massive win for the Patriots, and I think it's a pretty disappointing loss here for the Ravens just because um, this was one of those kind of turning point type games where if the Ravens win, you know, they go to 7-2, and two, Patriots fall to 3-6, and six, and you're looking at both these teams a bit differently. But now coming out mm-hmm. of it, as we said, we're looking at the Patriots saying, I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team, but they're hanging around. And then with the Ravens, they're sort of falling back in that pack a little bit. Yeah, the on offense for the Ravens, I mean, it's just it, it's crazy how they've, you know, compared to how dominant they were last year to what we're seeing this season. They It, it looks uh, – it's crazy. I, I, I mean, I thought that they'd kind of taken a step forward last year from uh, Lamar's rookie year in terms of the development of that offense, in terms of its predictability – and everything else, but I don't know if it's just execution or play calling exactly or what, but they've been really brutal against a defense that in New England, yes, they had a solid game plan. Yes, the weather helped them, but this defense, as we talked about going into this game, has been really, really bad for the Patriots. So, I mean, good for them. They, they, they came out and looked like they knew exactly what was coming consistently. There was not a lot of openings for the Ravens offense. Cam playing well enough, obviously, with the conditions, was not throwing a ton, but quietly has played pretty well the last three weeks. They I know they lost to the Bills, but and he had that fumble at the end of that game, but he's 
picked it up his performance. Yeah, like you said, we'll see about getting into the postseason. I can't you can't count out the Patriots, but their schedule isn't exactly difficult or hard. Like the, the best three teams they play moving forward are the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Bills. Otherwise, it's not exactly a murderer's row again. They get the Texans, they get the Chargers, they get the Jets again. So we'll see. Maybe they'll be able to eke into that last spot. Uh, for the Ravens, though, it's just a matter of it has to be really frustrating because if they had this defense last year, I don't know if anyone, even the Chiefs, ends up beating them. But their and their defense still looks solid for large portions of last night, and I think I still have faith in them over the course of the year. I just really my faith in that offense is in a place that I'm. I didn't think it really didn't happen until last night. I, I know the conditions were there, but I still had more faith that they'd start to figure it out. Now I'm tending to go the other way where I'm not sure uh, how good and how efficient. I don't think we're going to see anything like we saw last year from Baltimore, which is how good can they be along with that defense to still be a contender in the AFC. Yeah, those uh, AFC playoff picture right now is wild, as we said. Mm-hmm. We talk about all those teams that are kind of – in that same range, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how the Ravens bounce back and if the Patriots can uh, maybe turn things around here and get back into the picture themselves, uh, we will see about that. But uh, there's a look at the uh, Sunday and last Thursday action. Of course, as we said, Vikings and Bears still to play on Monday night. As you're listening to this, you'll already know what happened. Hopefully there are some points on the board, but uh, if you listen to our preview, we don't really know about that uh, with those two teams. Could be another ugly one. But uh, let's talk about a little fantasy waiver wire action here before we wrap up. Uh, Dylan, I think there are a couple on my board here that are obvious pickups. You mentioned one earlier. Naheem Hines is, uh, I think, just mm-hmm. a clear-cut um, number one choice for anyone. Uh, I would just go that route knowing that, especially PPR, like this guy's going to get yeah. enough looks uh, target-wise, and he's just he's going to have more opportunity, I think, here moving forward. And, of course, it's Jameis season. Like, Jameis Winston, I think, has to be on your radar here, and here's exactly why. The next four games that the New Orleans Saints are going to play, the Falcons at the Broncos, <laughs> the Falcons, and then the Eagles. I don't know mm. that you're going to find a better stretch in there uh, for Jameis. Like, this is his time to shine. And then even that next game, they play the Chiefs. Like, they could, you know, Breeze is a back. They could be trailing, and Jameis may have to put it up 65 times, and that's okay uh, for fantasy. So, I- I'm telling you, it's a beautiful stretch here for Jameis. I know that people are going to think that maybe Taysom Hill comes in and has a role, and maybe he does, but – I, I'm considering him right now, and, and I'm even someone, you know, in our league, I have Tua and Joe Burrow, yeah. which I'm not going to get Jameis. Somebody else is going to get him. But um, still, I would be like, okay, this this guy's about to throw it around a little bit, and uh, he's got enough offensive weapons around him. So there, there are two that I would keep my eye on. No, I, yeah, that's a really good point. At quarterback, otherwise, there's not a ton of options still, even though I talked uh, highly about his overall play. I, don't, I would not pick up Derek card looking at other quarterbacks are in this range it's still like the Teddy Bridgewaters that kind of situation so hey like you said with with those matchups with what we've seen from Jameis in terms of maybe not the best quarterback uh, in terms of winning and losing football games but in terms of fantasy stats yep. uh, depending on how many points negative you have for picks uh, not a bad option I do trust him a little bit more in Sean Payton's offense and what they're going to be able to do for, to protect him in terms of other guys yeah Hines is easily the guy in, uh, that you have to grab if you can and in, in deeper leagues I'm sure he's already owned but if he's not Please go get him. I don't, you know, there's no reason to wait on this. It's this is a this is a no-brainer if you're PPR, non-PPR, any situation. He's a really good one to get. Uh, Wayne Gallman and the the Giants' run offense has looked a lot better. He's the guy that's owned in I think 30% of leagues that I I definitely would consider picking up if you still could. On the Chargers side, Kalen Balaj hasn't been terrible if you really are uh, grabbing uh, deeper. But I think those first two running backs are the ones that I'm uh, really looking at. And then at receiver. 
quickly going through to the under 50% tile. I mean, there's, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot tougher there. I mean, Jacoby Myers is getting a ton of targets with Cam. I just still don't know how much I'm trusting them to consistently run the ball, but nonetheless, his target share has gone up a lot. He's clearly one of the two guys um, that uh, he's targeting most of the time. And then after that, it's a lot of guys that are, Boomer bust, right? Like Mark has got a scam. Hey, I was going to say, he's finished in the top 10 in back to back weeks now in fantasy. Um, But still, I I would have a hard time with that one just because I don't know. Matchup wise, he's a little tougher. And then one guy that it's more tough because of his. what his team does effectively, mostly running the ball and throwing the running backs in Indianapolis. But Michael Pittman is another receiver whose yeah. target share the last three weeks, I believe, has is, is really jumped up quite a bit. Yeah, he's consistently the last couple of weeks getting close to 10 targets. So, hey, that's, you know, well, you know those are probably the best options you have at this point. Uh, somehow the Rams defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL, is owned under 50% of leagues at 49.1. So, hey, you need a good defense. I don't know if I'm picking them up right away against uh, the next two weeks, though. They got the Bucks in Arizona. But after that, hey, I may be someone to think about. Yep. You got to start looking ahead. As we said, you're preparing for the playoffs now. We're down to those final regular season matchups. Uh, I know we've we've got some important ones uh, here in, in the Clutch Points League and uh, other leagues as well. So uh, get that roster and start building it for the playoffs. Uh, that's what you got to do. So you got to keep an eye on some of these potential waiver wire pickups. So there you go. There are a couple options to keep an eye on there uh, with your waiver wire pickups for the week. But uh, that'll wrap up uh, this episode. So the podcast, Dylan, of course, we've got all the uh, coverage over clutch points of everything going on. Uh, let everybody know where they can find all of that. Yeah, you can follow all the NFL games live in the clutch points app. You can download that in the app store anywhere where you get apps. And then uh, you can listen to our podcast within the app, but also on Apple, Spotify, all those uh, places. We definitely uh, now with uh, NBA, even though the season's not back, we have a ton of coverage with the NBA draft this week, uh, as well as uh, NBA free agency starting up. Big trades, Chris Paul being traded the Suns today. We got all that covered at clutchpoints.com. Uh, if you go to the NBA section, you go to the NFL section for all our NFL content, search fantasy football. We'll have our waiver wire pickup article there. And yeah, excited for, you know, even though it's even though it's not going to probably be the uh, most points of any Monday night game, I'm personally excited for an old classic 13 to 10 kind of NFC North game tonight. Yep, or as we like to call it in 2020, the Browns versus the Texans. So uh, we'll see uh, how it happens there. Uh, now, yeah, check everything out at Clutch Points and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for us on there, and uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past Podcast. All right, let's tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Football back in full swing, and while you may not be at a game this year, you can still be on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online, go on the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on those season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on wins, division, championship futures all day, every day. Just head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget, use that promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's promo code BlueWire, all one word. Uh, Bet Online, your online sports book experts.